It's the best of Parent Q Live. Hey, welcome to Parent Q Live. My name is Chris Pachiba, and I am one of the producers here on the Parent Q Live podcast. And for the month of July, we wanted to showcase some of the best episodes, the most top downloaded episodes of Parent Q Live, because let's be real, there's a lot of great content that's happening. And maybe you've missed this, or maybe you just need to hear it again. And so for the month of July, we are doing the best of Parent Q Live. This episode is our top rated, most downloaded episode of all time. So we wanted to start running right out of the gate. This episode features Dr. Gary Chapman. He's a speaker, and you probably know him by his best-selling book, The Five Love Languages. Carlos actually had the chance to sit down with Dr. Chapman and really talk about The Five Love Languages and how that helps you to love your kids more effectively. So in this episode, you can expect Dr. Chapman to walk you through the five unique ways that kids receive love and how to help you, the parent, discover and speak in those love languages. I don't know about you, but I am ready to jump right in. So sit back and relax as we jump into today's episode with Kristen and Carlos on discovering your child's love language. Hey guys, welcome to Parent Q Live, where it's our goal to help parents do family better. I am one of your hosts today, Carlos Whitaker, or of course, if you were listening to the last podcast, Carlos Enrique with Gerdusman Cabello, and I'm joined Kristen. Ivy, we're hanging out together. You are the director of the Phase Project. You've written lots of books. You 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 know stats, all sorts of things, things that I don't know. Uh, Kristen not only does that kind of stuff, but she is a mother of an 18-month-old. Come on, we're gonna get this. A five-year-old and a seven-year-old. Yes, got it right. And then myself, I've got a 10-year-old, a 13-year-old, and a 14-year-old. We are covering the gamut of parenting for you guys. Kristen, how are you today? I'm doing great. I feel like I I will never be able to rival that name. You you uh you won't. So <laughs> let, let's let's just not even try it. Let's just not even. I can't. But, but again, I, I will for the remainder of the podcast and talk to you. Uh, pronounce your name, Kristen. Is that okay? Okay, that works. When, yeah. When you took Spanish in high school, was it Kristen or did you no, have all, one of those was, kind of fake no, fake it, names? It was never. You can you can never end in an N. It has to either be Christy or Christina. Oh, that was really good. <laughs> you were just. Ripping on yourself for your accent, but like that was very good, Christina. Very good. Thank you. Well, Thank fabulous, you. fabulous. Well, okay. So it's February when this podcast is coming out. And um, February, most people consider February a month of love. <laughs> you're, you're, All of a sudden, I'm a little nervous yeah, about where we're going. Suddenly, you're like, the, the, look you, the look she just gave me, ladies and gentlemen, is like, what is he going to say next? <laughs> um, it is the month of love. Valentine's Day falls in February. It is cold, so you like to snuggle with your significant other in February. There's all kinds of things that are going on in February. Today, this podcast, we're going to be talking about love with somebody that, I, I mean, I guess we would call him an expert in love. A love expert. A love expert. Like Olaf. Like Olaf, yes. I don't even know what that means, but yes. Oh, the Let It Snow guy. Yeah, the Let It Snow guy. I've seen Frozen a lot of times in my house. And he's a love expert. Okay, (laughs) so so we're not interviewing Olaf today, but (laughs) we are interviewing somebody that is, I mean, comparatively speaking, you know, he makes people feel like Olaf makes you feel, I I suppose. Dr. Gary Chapman, uh, he's the author of the number one New York Times bestselling book, The Five Love Languages. Now, I'm just just going to, I'm going to, say that the number one New York Times bestselling book, but I feel like any week 
of any year, the last 30 years, you could say that that book is still a number one best. It doesn't stop selling. Absolutely. I mean, the book is a game changer, you yeah. know, right? And it still is. I know, I still remember the first time that I read it and all of a sudden it was like everything made sense in everything. a whole different way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Five love languages. He's going to dive in the conversation into what that means. We'll let him explain that to you guys. Uh, but w- one thing that is true about the five love languages and what we're talking to him about today is that, again, all of our kids experience love differently. Um, all of our kids show love differently. I, I know for myself, my, my children, that one of my daughters, when I hug her, it feels like I'm hugging a silk blanket. The other daughter, when I hug her, it feels like I'm hugging a brick wall. Now, that, that is not because neither, that's not because they love me like more or less. One of them is just, they, they love to be touched and mm-hmm. felt. And the, the other one, it's a little bit different. Um, so I know that there's a difference, you know, even in my kids. What, what about your kids? Oh, man, thing? absolutely. I can't wait to hear this conversation with Dr. Chapman because um, I, have a, I have a few questions for him myself. I mean, one, I love this idea of figuring out how our children understand and receive our love yeah. because they are so different. Um my first two are just a night and day, couldn't be any more opposite from each other. And so the way that we communicate love to them has to be very different and unique. Um, but I also have a question for him because uh-huh. I read his five love languages. You know, it made sense with everything I understood. And then I had my first child and his love language isn't in the book. Really? So I need for you to talk to him about that okay. um, in the interview because I just, I feel like he missed one. I'll do that for you. I was sitting down. I still remember this moment okay. with him. I was sitting with him, and it was kind of bedtime, so we have these heart moments. And we were talking about how to show others mm-hmm. love. I asked him the question, what are some things that you could do to show someone you love them? And <laughs> he kind of gives me ideas back, yeah. and we're kind of back and forth with this. And he says, well, Mom, you know, you could bake them cookies. Oh, of I'm course. like, okay. Yeah. That's a great idea, you know, or maybe you could, you know, maybe wash the dishes. And he's like, or you could make them a cake. Oh. And he proceeded to go down a list of about 10 different ways to show someone you love them. And they were 100% edible. Edible. All of them. Food. You can make that, you can get them a hamburger. I mean, you could bake them French fries or you could give them, I mean, everything thing you could eat. So I just want to know from Dr. Chapman, what if your kid's love language is just food? I'm going to ask him that question for you. Absolutely. <laughs> because I, I believe, I believe that could be true. I, I believe that, I believe that could be true. That will be asked. Um, you know, hearing you talk about the way that uh, even your son wants to express love to people, there, mm-hmm. there, there, are, there are ways that we feel loved, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, and there, there are ways that we really don't feel loved. And so I thought right now, before we jump into the interview, we can talk about some things that maybe we feel loved by and maybe we don't feel loved by, right? We love some things and we hate some things. So we're going to stop and play a little game, just us two. And maybe you guys that are listening, you know, out loud in the car or at the gym, or maybe not if you're at a coffee shop, people don't want to think you're talking to yourself, but let us know, let yourself know whether or not you love something or you hate something. Here we go. You ready? So this is a love it or hate it. Love it or hate it. That, you, I'm gonna, we're going to say a word or a sentence and you're going to tell me or I'm going to tell you whether I love it or whether I hate it. So the first one goes to you. You ready? I'm going to toss this softball up in the air. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to know, Kristen, if you love it or you hate it, candy hearts. Oh, I love it. Especially the white ones. Okay. Candy hearts. Done. Sentimental <laughs> cards. I could do without those. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. okay. I, I hear you. 
Carlos, how yes. about gift certificates? Only from the Apple store. Okay, <laughs> there, there we go. Uh, Kristen, doing the dishes. Any day of the week, do the dishes. Oh, That's you, feel, you love loving it. it. Okay. Loving it. Okay, I, I love it. Here, Kristen, a day to sit around and just be together. And not do anything. A day to sit around and just be <laughs> hate it. together. Oh, you hate it. Hate okay. it. Okay. Dinner and a movie, Carlos. Um, Love the movie. I, I could skip dinner. Okay. So so I'll, I'll say half hate, half love, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, Kristen, um, chocolate and flowers delivered from your handsome husband to you? Love the handsome husband and the chocolate. I could do without the flowers, though. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, how about physical touch? All day, all the time. <laughs> Heather, if you're listening, Heather, my wife, physical touch. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, we, we, had a, we had a little moment here, okay? That may have been a little uncomfortable for some of you guys listening, but it's not for me, Heather. Again, if you're listening, physical <laughs> touch. All right, Kristen, one last one for you. In general, love it or hate it, Valentine's Day. Oh, I love Valentine's Day. Yeah, I mean, I know there's a lot of haters on Valentine's Day. There are. It's got to be like one of the most hated holidays. It, it, yeah, it is. Not only by people that do not have a Valentine. Right, but just... But even people that don't want to just say that one day is more important than the rest. They want to love everybody. I, I, I'm glad that you appreciate Valentine's Day. I absolutely love Valentine's Day. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want a little reason to do something crazy, you know? Just, so you color a little heart on a piece of paper. You throw some glitter on some stuff. Boom. You would who would you would not do that on a normal day. You're a Valentine's Day expert. <laughs> color a heart and throw some glitter. I mean, bam, we've got moments being made right now. That is awesome. Speaking of Valentine's Day, what we're going to do now is, uh, and again, we're super grateful and excited to have Dr. Gary Chapman on the podcast with us. He's going to be talking about his book, The Five Love Languages. You guys grab a pen, take some notes. Here is the interview with Dr. Chapman. All right, Parent Q Live. So we're on air today with Dr. Gary Chapman. Um, I'm super excited to be talking to him today about the five love languages of children. Uh, Dr. Chapman, how are you today? I am doing great, Carlos. I hope you are. You know, I'm doing I'm doing fantastic. And I'm uber excited to be talking to you. A, because I'm excited about this book, The Five Love Languages of Children. But personally, I would love to tell you that your book, The Five Love Languages, has affected me uh, in many ways. And so um, just wanted to say thank you for that book. If we, I'd love to just start off with that concept where Dr. Chapman did this idea of just love languages in general kind of birth from. Well, I discovered it first in the marriage relationship. You know, I've been doing marriage counseling now for, I don't know, 35, 40 years. Long, wow. Long yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, so 25 years ago, really, is when this book, that book was first released. Okay. Five Love Lane. Next year will be 25 years. Wow. Uh, but in my counseling of couples, I found that uh, often one would say, you know, I just feel like he doesn't love me. <laughs> and he would say, I don't understand that. I do this and this and this. Why wouldn't you feel loved? Right. <laughs> And I realized that what made one person feel loved did not make another person mm. feel loved. And the couples could be sincere and still be missing each other emotionally. Right. And so uh, I, I, eventually I, I heard that story over and over and over, and I knew there had to be a pattern to it. There was something. So eventually yeah. I took, to, yeah, I, I took time to sit down and read 12 years of notes that I made when huh. I was counseling people and asked myself the question, when someone said, I feel like my spouse doesn't love me, right. what did they want? 
What were they complaining about? Wow. And their answers fell into five categories. Wow. And I later called them the five love languages. There. So I started using it in my counseling, you know, and then using it in small groups. And probably five years later, I thought if I could put this concept in a book, Mm. write it in the language of the common person, leave out the psychological jargon. Yes. Maybe I could help a lot of couples I would never have time to see in my office. So that's what motivated me to write the first book, and that's where it came from. And did you in any way, shape, or form anticipate um, what this book would do. I, it's it's almost become common vernacular um, just around, you know, in conversations of friends of mine that maybe have never even read the book or heard of you, you know, it's it's just become a common language. And so, I mean, did you ever expect this happening? Well, I did not. I, I knew the concept would be helpful, but I had no idea that it would sell 11 million copies in 11 English and million. be translated and be translated now into 50 languages wow. around the world. So it's just my people ask me how I explain that. And I say, <laughs> well, the short answer is God, and the long answer is God. Oh, <laughs> That's go. all I know. <laughs> the short answer is God without a southern jaw, and the long answer is God with a southern jaw. <laughs> that is good. Oh, that's great. Well, um, we can, um, I'd love to just kind of move this into, obviously here at Parent Q Live, this is a podcast for parents. And, um, yeah. you know, we're we're in the trenches. A lot of parents are that are going to be listening to this are brand new parents with infants. A lot of them have toddlers. Me, myself, I've got a 10-year-old, a 13-year-old, and a 14-year-old. Uh, and I feel like their love languages are going crazy and haywire on a daily basis. <laughs> and then, of course, we've got parents with adult children. Um, are the love languages for our kids um, the same as the love languages for spouses? Uh not necessarily. Well, okay. not necessarily, but most of the time, if acts of service makes you feel loved by your spouse, it will also make you feel loved if your children speak your love language and mm. do things to help you around the house. Uh, but of course, with children, we're concerned about their love language. Absolutely. We want to know what makes them feel loved. And I like to say to parents, the question is not, do you love your children? The question is, do your children feel loved? Wow. Because you can be sincerely loving your child. And you're missing them because you're not speaking their love language. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so what are the five love languages of children? We haven't necessarily talked about what they are in general. So if you wouldn't mind, just let us know, what are these five love languages, Dr. Chapman? One of them is words of affirmation, just affirming the child. And you can affirm the way they look. You can affirm something they've done. You can affirm their character. You can affirm their personality. You, you can focus on anything but you're just looking for ways to affirm them verbally. Words of affirmation. And then there's gifts. It's universal to give gifts as an expression of love. And no, you don't have to give the child everything they ask for. Right. <laughs> You're the parent. <laughs> You're the parent. <laughs> but gifts is a way of expressing love. Yeah. Uh, and then there's acts of service, doing something for the child, and particularly doing things for them they cannot do for themselves. Oh, wow. And, and as they get older, we're teaching them how to do things, and that's also an act of service. It takes much more time to teach the child how to cook than it does to cook for the child, mm, okay? Yeah. But it's an act of service. And then there's quality time, giving the child your undivided attention. I'm not talking about messing with your computer while you're talking with the child, I'm talking about you just shut the computer down, turn to your child, and give them your undivided attention. Okay. And then number five is physical touch. We've long known the emotional power 
of physical touch. Absolutely. That's why we pick up babies and hold them and kiss them and cuddle them. Yeah. And long before the baby understands the meaning of the word love, the baby feels loved yeah. by physical touch. So the basic idea, Carlos, is that out of those five, each child has a primary mm. love language. And you have to give heavy doses of the primary or they will not feel loved, right. even though you're expressing some of the other languages. So that's that's the basic concept. Love it. No, that that's great. So and and I love how you, you know, really speak to you may love your child. Obviously, we all love our child, um, but they've got to feel it. A question I think a lot of listeners will be having is, okay, um, I, I've written these down. The, these sound great, but how do I really narrow down what my child's love language is? Is it just a, a, as simple as kind of watching them throughout the day? Or how, how can we kind of dig down to what that primary love language is? Well, observing their behavior is one way. How do they typically express love to other people? And you can learn a child's love language by the time they're four years old. Wow. You know, my son's language is physical touch. So when he was around four, when I would come home in the afternoon, he'd run to the door. He'd grab my <laughs> leg. He'd climb up on me. He's touching me because yes. he wants to be touched, you know? Right. My daughter never did that. <laughs> About that age, she would say, Daddy, come into my room. I want to show you something. Yeah. She wanted my undivided attention. So observing their behavior, how they love you and how they love other people, is a clue. Mm. A second clue is what do they request of you most often? Okay. If they're asking you, come into my room, I want to show you something, you know, and they keep at, and they're asking that rather regularly, then quality time is their language. Mm. You know, if they if they say, uh, can can we go out and play ball together? They're asking you for quality time. Or if they say, can we wrestle? <laughs> they're asking you, for physical, physical touch. touch. Yeah. Yeah. So what do they ask you for? And then what do they complain about? Okay. What do they complain about? You know, there's a little guy who said to his mother, we haven't gone to the park at all since the baby came. Huh. See, he used to have yep. quality time with his mother yep. at the park, but now we're not going to the park because the baby's here. Right. So he's complaining about that. So what do they complain about? If you put those three things together, observe their behavior, what do they request of you most often, and what do they complain about, you can pretty well figure out a child's love language. That's, that's phenomenal. I, I love that. It doesn't have to be rocket science, um, you know, to get, to get to this space. What about Dr. Chapman, um, relationships with their siblings? Like, is it important that even, you know, their siblings understand that I, and I'm, I'm, I'm selfishly asking this question as my 13 year old daughter and 14 year old daughter, one is acts of service and one is physical touch, um, that they really speak to each other in that love language in order to to, um, to, to, again, advance their relationships together? I think so. I think our children need to understand the concept of, yeah. the, of the love languages and that everybody in the family has a love language. You know, I wrote a book for parents of young children. Uh-huh. It's uh, ages, ages four to eight. And okay. It's called A Perfect Pet for Peyton. Huh. Perfect Pet for Peyton. And we use animals uh, to teach the child, little child, the love languages. Wow. And that little child learns from that. You know, mama has a love language, daddy has a love language, sister has a love language. So they can learn it early. Now, when they get to be teenagers, okay. Yep. Yep. Talk to me. Talk to me. <laughs> First of all, you have to learn new dialects of okay. their primary language because whatever you've been doing, they consider that childish. 
So if, if physical touch is their language and you've been hugging them and kissing them, they're going to push you away as teenagers. Leave me alone. Don't do that. Don't do Absolutely. That. <laughs> but if that's their language, they still need physical touch. It's just got to be different kinds yeah. of touch. Maybe a high five, pat on the back, wrestle mm. them to the floor. Uh, but the love language doesn't change, but you have to get new dialects. Yeah. And just recently, Carlos, we released uh, uh, a book for teenagers themselves. It's called A Teen's Guide to the Five Love Languages. Really? And it teaches them the concept, and it also mm. uh, teaches them, you know, hey, mama's got a love language. That's <laughs> Daddy's good. Got a, we, I, need to get, I need to get on board here. Okay. So it'll help them in all their relationships. That's great. So A Perfect Pet for Peyton. Is that correct? That that mm-hmm. that, that right. one book, okay, mm-hmm. and that's available. People can order that on Amazon and wherever books are mm-hmm. sold. I'm, and and then there's a love language for teens as well. Yeah, it's called a teen's guide to the five love languages. Awesome, awesome. That's um, yeah, I think that's that's going to be a great resource for me specifically. And, yeah, and then and then of course the book for parents is you know the five love languages of children. Yes, it's written to parents on helping them implement what we're talking about. Awesome, awesome. As we. Uh, deliver love to our kids in a way that they feel it and they receive it. You um, you talk about something that, again, I think is really revolutionary, not only in my marriage, but in the way I parent my kids, which is called the love tank. Can you uh, yeah. just give us a little bit of insight as to what is a love tank and why is a love tank important um, and why do we need to keep it filled? Well, I use that as a word picture. You know, in a car, if the gasoline tank is empty, the car's not going anywhere. Right. <laughs> if it's full, you can drive a long ways. So I like to picture inside every one of us, children and adults, there is an emotional love tank. Mm. And when the love tank is full, life is beautiful. We process life in a wonderful way. But when the love tank is empty and you feel like, you know, my spouse doesn't love me, or mm. as a child, you feel like my parents don't love me. That, kind, that child is going to grow up with many internal struggles. And in the teenage years, that child will go looking for love, wow. typically in all the wrong places. Right. So it's exceedingly important as parents that we learn how to keep that love tank full so that child feels loved. And, and then they will help, that'll help them process all the rest of life much better. That, that's great. And what I love about the word picture is that, you know, it's actually a simple conversation you can even have with your kids. What I've learned is, you know, as my kids know their love language is, hey, how is your love tank? And it's it's not complicated for yeah. them to take, you know, to kind of be self-aware, is it? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I sometimes say, you know, uh, say to the child, uh, particularly an older child, on a scale of zero to 10, mm. how full is your love tank? That's, <laughs> they give you oh, they'll let you know. Or seven or a nine <laughs> or a 10, you know. Yeah, and, and then you might say, "What could I do to help fill it?" Yeah, they, you know, and maybe maybe there's something they really, really want that would make them feel loved. Well, and that second uh, question, Doctor Chapman, I think is vital. What can I do to help fill it? They they will re, they, they'll respond to you and tell you. Yeah, they will, and typically what they say is in keeping with their love language. Yeah. Now I have to say this: teenagers will use that question to manipulate. You. Oh, right, absolutely. <laughs> what can I do to help fill it? Uh, you can get me that. Yeah. You know, they'll tell you what it is. It's going to cost you $150 that they want. Absolutely. And, and gifts is not even their love language. Oh, it's sure. They want that particular thing. <laughs> yes. So be aware, parents. Uh, be aware. That's good. That is good. Um, as our as our children mature and as they grow and hit the kind of various stages of adolescence and teenship, um, do, you, do you find 
that maybe their love languages change. Maybe they shift. Or is, is, is what they were at five going to be what they are at 15? I think the love language, like many other uh, personality traits, tend to stay with us for a lifetime. Mm. Uh, my son's love language, as I said, is physical touch. It, I, I observed it when he was four. He's now, you know, what, 50, almost 50. Yeah. <laughs> it's still his love it's language. still there. And my daughter, my daughter's love language is still quality time as an adult, you know. Wow. So now I, having said that, I think there are perhaps stages of life mm-hmm. when another love language might pop up. For example, a mother who has three preschool children, uh-huh. acts of service may not be her love language. Right. But I can tell you during those years, if her husband pitches in and helps her, <laughs> it's yes. going to be huge to her. Yes. So, you know, so certain situations like that may, it may seem to change for a bit, but I think it'll always go back to being the primary love language. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I have to ask you this, uh, as the, uh, as, as there's five love languages, I've noticed that as my children move into teenship and teenhood, I wonder if food is the sixth love language, because that <laughs> is something that never ceases to be consumed. <laughs> well, that's true. And I, what I say is this. You know, if if the mother or father made the food, cooked the food, it's an act of service. Yes. If they went out and bought the food, it's a gift. Okay. Oh wow! Look at that. <laughs> so it can be a dial. It's a dialect of one of those. Okay, so food can be split into various <laughs> subcategories of love language. That's uh, yeah. All the languages have have what I call dialects. Okay. You know, we, like we have English, but I speak Southern English. Right. <laughs> Other people speak Northeastern English. <laughs> so the same thing is true with love. There are many dialects within these languages. Yeah. Oh, I, lo- I love that. That that's um uh, that definitely makes sense, you know, as as we kind of start to narrow in our specific needs of our kids. Um, you do say in your book that love languages can help parents effectively discipline and parent our kids. Um, maybe can you give us an example of how this might kind of play out? I think I think two things. One, if a child feels loved by the parent, mm-hmm. they are far more open to their correction and their discipline. Mm. If they don't feel loved, they're more likely to rebel against the discipline. Wow. Because they already feel like my parents don't love me and now they're dis- they're punishing me for this, you know, and then it's out of line and all that. And the other thing I would say is uh if you know your child's love language, when you have to discipline them and you will because all children are are human, and they will not always do keep the rules. Yeah. When you have to discipline them, wrap the discipline in their love language when possible. Wow. For example, if words is their language and they broke a rule, don't throw the ball inside the house, okay, mm-hmm. and they did, and they broke a vase, you say, you know, Johnny, I want you to know how much I appreciate you. You seldom break the rules, you know, and I love that about you. But you know you broke the rule this time. Right. So you know what has to happen, right? The ball has to go in the trunk of the car for two days. Mm. And I don't know what that vase cost, but we'll have to take it out of your allowance, Mm. okay? But listen, man, I am so proud of you because you seldom break the rules, and I love you so much. Wow. Man, that kid's going to walk away and feel like, you know, yeah, I did break the rule, and I I got a fair treatment here. You but know, I so feel loved. Because they feel loved. Yeah. See, that, that's the key. If they feel loved, then they can process the discipline in a much more positive way, which is what we want. Absolutely. The discipline is to help the child. You know, yeah. we're not disciplined out of anger. We're disciplined out of love. Absolutely. No, I, I love that. I, I think um, uh, so many times, again, as parents, 
we when when it comes to discipline and when it comes to uh, sometimes we can get so uh, distracted by trying to fix our kids when again at the end of the day we just want them to feel loved and if we've got these five love languages um, I, I think it's going to be a way 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 better way to discipline them it's great yeah um, you know the other thing yeah. I would just throw in Carlos is that uh, you want to give them heavy doses of their primary love language, but you also want to sprinkle in the other four. Okay. Because we want the child to learn how to give and receive love in all five languages. That Absolutely. makes the healthiest adult. Yeah. Most of us did not receive all five love languages, so some of them are harder for us to speak as adults. Mm. So, so I'm, I'm just saying to parents, don't don't speak only their primary language. Give heavy doses of that, but go ahead and sprinkle in the other four because we want them to learn these are ways that you love people. So good. Wow, Dr. Chapman, thank you. Thank you so much for this. This is going to be just super valuable to our listeners, and uh, we just really appreciate you taking the time. Well, thank you, Carlos. It was great to be with you. Wow, that was amazing. What a great opportunity to get to talk to Dr. Chapman. He said so many insightful things. Yeah. He didn't quite answer my question about food, though. No, he kind of spun it. I, I threw it at him, and he he kind of, I don't. He basically said no. Yeah, here's the thing, though. For my son, I don't think it matters whether I cook it or buy it, as long as he can eat it. Oh. So, <laughs> so, so it's really not an act of service for your son. No, no, it, it is literally. It's an act of taste. A consuming thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think there's five love languages plus one. I think I'm just going to have to awesome. keep giving my son some food. So good. But he did say one thing there that I thought was just a huge takeaway for me. I love, love, love when he was talking about discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think as a parent, my just human natural instinct would be, and this sounds so bad, but I know my kids love languages. I know what they want from me. Yeah. But to withhold that from them, in a time of discipline, but to go, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? You're not doing what I want you to do, so I'm not going to give you what I know that you want me to give you, which is just a horrible approach. But there's something in me that just naturally kind of instinctively withdraws. Sure. It's the humanity in you, right? Like it's, it is it is what it is. And, and yet, so. yet he kind of challenges us to go, no, what, why don't you overdose? Yeah. Overdose their love language in a time of discipline. So you give them extra, extra of the language they need. That was immensely challenging to me. As to, a parent. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we have to know. We, we have to know what and how it is our children receive love. So um, we love to end these podcasts, you know, with a cue for you guys, with a way that you guys can take this information and be active with it. So got a little homework for you guys this week. Uh, we would love for you guys to really discover your child's love language. And not only that, okay, so I believe you can think about that, but let's take it to the next level actively engage with your child's love language this week, whatever that looks like for you. Okay, so I'm going to ask you really quickly, Kristen, okay, what would be something this week that you could do to feed your son? Oh, my. <laughs> to feed him, literally. Because his, food, love, that language is his food. love language His love language Anything. is Anything. A hamburger is usually his go-to. Yes. So yeah. what Kristen would do this week is she would grab her phone. She would take a selfie of her handing her child a hamburger. She would put that up on Facebook with the hashtag ParentQ, and we would find that through I the I think I might thing. just do that. Uh, you should. Absolutely. Actually, people, if you're listening to this, go search the hashtag ParentQ and make sure that Kristen is feeding her child uh, a hamburger this week. Something else, Some another place you guys can go to 
to continue to stay involved uh, is our website and our blog, theparentq.org. We're going to be putting up the show notes from today's podcast episode. So if you guys need links and if, if you're driving somewhere and you can't remember all this wonderful information, head over to theparentq.org. You guys will be able to get all the information you need there. Um, again, our show notes and everything will be there. Next time on the podcast, we're going to be discussing the six gifts that our kids need from us. That is what we're gonna be talking about next week. Guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us today on the Parent Q Live. This is Carlos hanging out with you guys, Kristen hanging out with you guys, and we will see you guys next time.